0: You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at Nurse.org. And on today's episode, I wanted to talk about something that is very pressing and is on the forefront of just about every newspaper, news media outlet that's out there and as well should be on the mind of healthcare professionals is monkeypox. That's right. I said it, monkeypox. Now, let me just back up and say these last two and a half, almost three years have been extremely rough having dealt with COVID. So many lessons learned, so many lives lost. And here we are trying to pick up the pieces after dealing with a disease you know that we were learning about kind of day by day. People were dying, we were trying to stay up with the science, encouraging people to do more science, eliciting the help of people worldwide trying to create a vaccine to help us survive, also identify treatments, everything from monoclonal antibodies to more antivirals to covid pills, so many different things, and looking at even other. Medications and therapies to assist us, you know, convalescent plasma and just a whole slew of things. And it's actually redefined our healthcare system and about how we do business and how we move people through the healthcare systems, how we utilize and deploy our resources. And, you know, we lost so much time, we lost so much money, we lost so much of our freedom. And now here we are, entering like late summer, entering into the fall of 2022. And just when it seems like we might be getting some reprieve, yes, infection rates might be higher, but it's with a strain that is less lethal than the original strain. You know, we're still working on vaccines, but just when we think that we're getting back to quote unquote normal life, enter monkeypox. So I will start this by saying that as of today, there are three states, New York, California, Illinois, who have issued state public health Emergency declarations signifying and kind of setting the alarm bells and whistles that, hey, we have a problem here and it's time that we mobilize our resources. And that actually is one of the benefits for instituting a declaration of that sort. It actually allows the states and the cities to mobilize and coordinate more effectively and quickly to get, you know, treatments, therapies, testing and so many of the you know education outreach and all of those things to the end users by making sure that we're bringing in resources uh manpower and just the whole logistics to get these things rolling that is definitely a page out of the covid book something we didn't do soon enough now we're instituting a lot earlier if you recall during early covid we didn't have enough testing you know and even with the initial rollout of the vaccines that was done very poorly now what we're doing with monkeypox is we're having pop-up testing sites. We've expanded testing to several laboratories and, you know, we're having pop-up vaccine sites which fortunately, which is something different from the COVID pandemic. We actually do have vaccines that have been approved for use in helping to hopefully prevent uh, monkeypox. But let me backtrack a little bit just because although we've heard this word monkeypox, some people may not be sure exactly what it is, and I just want to give a little bit of a background uh, on monkeypox, and I think this is important. And the reason why I'm saying that is because while not everyone, a majority of the people who listen to this podcast and are listening to this episode are healthcare professionals. And one of the things, if anything is ever said, we tell people make sure to follow up with your healthcare provider. Now, some people will say, "Oh, well, that must may, must mean the doctor. That must mean the nurse practitioner. It means the nurses too." Okay. CNAs, you can be helpful in helping to champion messages too. Respiratory therapists, anyone who is in the healthcare workforce is a source of helpful information and can reinforce important information to help keep our patients and our public safe. So just real quickly, I'm going to give a little background on monkeypox. So monkeypox is a rare disease that's caused by an infection with the monkeypox virus. The monkeypox virus is actually one of four viruses in the orthopox virus family. There's uh, cowpox, monkeypox, smallpox, which we eradicated, and then vaccinia. I don't think I'm saying that right. But, anyways, it's a family, it's a family of viruses. And so, monkeypox was actually discovered in 1958 uh, when there were two outbreaks of pox like diseases that occurred in groups of monkeys that were being kept for research. Not exactly sure which country it was, but definitely not here in the United States. And despite it being called monkeypox, the source of the disease actually remained unknown. They just happened to discover it in this group of monkeys. And one thing about monkeypox is it has been labeled a zoonotic virus, meaning it can happen in animals and then it can jump into humans, which is what it has done. Now, the first human case of monkeypox was identified in 1970 in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And, you know, since then, the monkeypox virus has been endemic, meaning it's common in certain populations in certain specific locations, Um, but it's been endemic to countries in West and Central Africa. So they've had cases of this in those areas. Let's jump forward a little bit. Monkeypox, which is now here in the United States, did not naturally occur in the U.S. And what happened is it was able to actually travel from Western Central Africa to other countries and even here to the United States due to international travel of people and then also due to the importation of animals from areas where that type of disease is common. And in fact, in 2003, there was an outbreak here in the United States. It was from someone who traveled here to the United States, but it was self-limiting and contained, and that was the last we saw of it, until as of lately, I will say this, the first U.S. case of monkeypox since then was identified on May 18th of this year. May 18th. So May, June, July, August. It's not even been three months. And to date, as of this recording, there are over five thousand and eight hundred and eleven confirmed cases of monkeypox in the United States. Listen, confirmed cases. So there are several cases that are being identified, you know, as of you know late yesterday, as of today, that are still not in this count. Um, So it's important that we know that when we report numbers, it's often delayed. So the alarms, bells and whistles should definitely be going off because there have been outbreaks reported in the US, in the United Kingdom, in Australia, mainland Europe, and Canada. So these are places, remember, this was a virus that's endemic to Western and Central Africa. Those places I just named are not in those areas. So this virus is moving and it is growing in numbers, very contagious. Now, while the general risk to the public is low, it's important to know how does it spread and what are the signs and symptoms. Signs and symptoms that uh, of monkeypox can include fever, headache, muscle aches, back aches. You know those are very general symptoms. Telltale sign of monkeypox is swollen lymph nodes. Actually, the fever and swollen lymph nodes together are a very telltale sign that this is monkeypox. In addition to having a rash or lesions. Those can be located near the genitalia area, near the anus, on your hands, on your the soles of your feet, your chest, your face, your mouth, just about anywhere. You can have them in your mouth and in your throat. And these rashes will go through several stages. So they will be macules, well they'll be flat. Then they'll become papules, so they'll be raised. And then they will become fluid-filled and then even pus-filled before they scab over, dry up, and then... New skin is formed. So, those are the stages that the rashes will go through. And they can even look like pimples or blisters, but they can be very painful and very itchy. Some other symptoms that I, um, general symptoms that I also didn't mention were like chills, exhaustion, and those type of things. So, you know, when you're, when we're looking at this and in the, when we're looking at when someone is exposed to this, they're going to develop these kind of general flu-like symptoms. So you're going to think that you're going to have a flu-like, and it can take anywhere from one to two weeks, sometimes even up to three weeks for symptoms to present. But usually in those first two weeks, you'll start feeling these very vague symptoms. And then most people will then develop a rash, this rash that I just described. All in all, how long does this last? It can last anywhere from two to four weeks in totality, sometimes longer, especially if it is in someone who is immunocompromised, perhaps they're on some immunopressant medications, are going through chemotherapy, they have HIV and AIDS, that's not well managed, like, you know, it depends on the health of the host to uh, as far as how severe and how long this can last. But typically, the illness lasts from anywhere from two to four weeks. Now, when we talk about how it spreads, it's important to know, and this is a distinguishing factor between it and COVID. Although, We're worried because they're both viruses, right? But they're very different viruses. COVID was primarily respiratory spread. We were concerned about droplets. So that, you know, made it very contagious. You could be in the room with someone breathing their same air and, you know, get COVID. That's not necessarily the case with monkeypox. With monkeypox, it can be spread through anyone with close personal and often skin to skin contact, especially direct contact with the rash or the scabs or bodily fluids from someone who has monkeypox. It can also be transmitted from touching objects like fabrics, clothing, bedding towels, and surfaces that have been used by someone with monkeypox. That's important because, listen, you can go somewhere, roll around in some random hotel room bed, not realizing that the person prior who had the room and perhaps the sheets weren't changed had monkeypox and there you go. And here you are trying to figure out and say like, well, how is it? I didn't have skin to skin contact with someone when in fact you were in contact with objects or fabrics that have been used by someone who have monkeypox. And then also there's some concern about contact with the respiratory secretions. Not necessarily the same like coughing or sneezing like COVID. However, especially if someone has lesions in their mouth or in their throat, the concern is that, and because that's where the viral load is highest in the lesions, that when they cough or they you're kissing them or you're sharing cups or drinks with them, that there's that transmission can happen that way. A person with monkeypox can spread it uh, to others from the time symptoms start until the rashes have fully healed and a fresh layer of skin have formed, which again is typically two to four weeks. But which is why it places the isolation time much longer in monkeypox than it is for COVID. Now we ask the question: Is it in blood? Is it in urine? Is it in breast milk? Is it in semen? They believe that there are the virus can. Shed through those methods, but do those methods carry enough higher enough viral load to consider them contagious? We just don't know yet. That we don't know. So you know, so this is monkeypox. We've identified it. We talked about the signs and symptoms, how it spreads. So while we are worried about the physical aspect of it, think about the mental aspect of it. And someone asked a question, kind of to piggyback onto, you know, well, why does it disproportionately impact people of that of the LGBTQ uh, community? Well, uh, historically, uh, I'm going to go take a page out of the HIV AIDS pandemic book here. Historically, uh, and even now, people who identify as such have been stigmatized because of their sexual behavior, because of their their choices and their lifestyle. Uh, And because they've been stigmatized, they've been discriminated against. They've not been treated fairly or adequately, uh, received care and actually have been denied care in some cases. And when you go through something like that, Either you just don't want to go or engage because you don't want to deal with it, you don't like how it makes you feel. Um, but if we do that to someone, they may, we may very well turn away someone who is in dire need of health care, and but because they've been shamed, forego care potentially can you know try to deal with it themselves. So not only could they be allowing harm to themselves but allowing harm to others by inadvertently spreading it to others because they don't know, they didn't get treated, um, and it's because they were treated horribly or not treated at all in the healthcare system. And I'll go ahead and take it a step further and and say that I know for a fact there are healthcare providers who don't know how to or choose not to take care of people who identify that community. And that's simply wrong. It's simply wrong. But because of those things, those collectively add to and exacerbate the problem. We are all human beings at the end of the day. We all deserve love, compassion, and care. And if there is someone who presents with monkeypox or is at high risk for monkeypox, as healthcare professionals, we need to do our due diligence and treat them. And because this is an infectious disease, treat those around them. And now enter our role, right? Many of us nurses, advanced practice nurses. What do we do? What's our role in all this? Well, first off, this is a public health issue. So, I get it. You work in oncology. You work in telemetry. You're a cardiac nurse. You do stroke. Infectious diseases is not necessarily your thing, right? I get it outside of COVID. Monkeypox is new. We weren't necessarily, we didn't receive robust training in this, but we are familiar with infectious diseases and we do know that healthcare is forever changing. So we have to do our homework and bring ourselves up to snuff on this because what's going to happen? There's going to be messages that go out on all different media platforms and from the CDC that says, talk to your healthcare professional. Okay, the doctor's not here. I'm going to talk to the nurse. Nurse, what are you going to say? Well, you're not going to know what to say unless you know and you're familiar with monkeypox. Again, I don't care if you feel like, oh, this doesn't impact me because actually it can. So, first off, you probably got to get that out your head right now. Um, and then realize that when there is a public health issue, it affects the public and we are part of the public. And you would be doing your yourself, your family, your own friends a disservice, as well as the patients and people you serve a disservice if you do not embrace this. Now, listen, I know we don't want to embrace it because we're like, oh, there's so much already going on. But as healthcare professionals, this is our job. This is what we do. You know, if you're about that life, you're about that life. And the life is that we are here to take care of people, to educate and empower them. And if we don't know something, at least know where the information is, know where to refer people to. And I think one of the good things about uh, the three states declaring public health emergency is, again, it immobilizes services. So that means that there are more laboratories who are, that are going to be doing testing. There's going to be hopefully an influx of vaccines to help protect people. Now, am I expecting you to memorize everything? No, I'm not. But be familiar with what monkeypox is, what it looks like, how it transmits, and what are your community services? Because hospitals are not necessarily the place of where these folks will be treated unless they are sick enough and have other, probably other secondary infections are so immunocompromised that they need, you know, IV antibiotics, fluids, or something else life-sustaining or life-supportive. But for the most part, many people will isolate at home because again, this is self-containing. You know, how do we treat this? Once you have monkeypox, what happens? Well, once you have monkeypox, um, we don't necessarily, there's no cure. There's no um, antibiotics you can take for this. It's viral. Uh, There are some antiviral medications that you can take. Do I have all those committed to memory? No, but I know that they're there. So I know that whoever the prescriber is, um, and I've not been in a situation where I've had to take care of someone actually with monkeypox yet, but I will bring myself up to speed to those in case there's ever an event that I need to. Um, But there's antivirals that we can give patients. And while our numbers are climbing, It's important that we get ahead of this and we contain, 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 which is why education and outreach is so important, which is why I decided to do this episode on this podcast because I get it. You're a nurse. You know how to take care of patients, but do you know monkeypox? I don't think you do. And I'm newer to monkeypox too. So we can connect there and we can all learn this together. Okay. So I live here in Los Angeles, which has just recently, as of today, issued a public local emergency And we are really trying to, you know, raise awareness to testing. If you are someone who believes you've been exposed, we've had, you know, what should you do? You know, especially getting vaccinated. There are are vaccines out there. And actually, there are two vaccines that are FDA approved for monkeypox. Janos, which is a vaccine series of two vaccines four weeks apart. It is a live virus. However, it's non-replicating. So you can get the vaccine and not worry about actually developing monkeypox. And the other vaccine is called ACAM2000, which is a live virus, but replicating vaccine. It's not the preference because once someone gets this vaccine, they will develop a lesion at the site of injection, which will go through the phases and scab over and develop new skin. So you do have to isolate. And if you touch it and rub other places, it can spread. So because it's replicating, it's not the preferred one. But if our outbreaks get so bad and we need to protect people, then we will give them though, we will give those vaccines. We want to get people as much as possible who identify with those high risk groups to get vaccinated, and this is because we believe that you will have you will fare a lot better with getting the vaccine versus having the actual disease. Now, is how you know, I've said this, disease, I've said monkeypox is self limiting. Yes, it is self limiting. Do people die from monkeypox? Not necessarily, not usually, but have they? Yes, they have. We can't eliminate that completely. And I don't think anyone wants to roll the dice and be that one in a million that this may happen to. But I understand there's still a lot of vaccine hesitancy, especially since we're just coming off of COVID vaccines here, right? And then there's a new COVID vaccine, the Novavax. And so uh, people can be skeptical. But again, if you are someone who identifies as someone in a high-risk group, or you believe you have been exposed to someone and don't yet have symptoms, then we want you to get vaccinated. In current state, we don't have enough vaccines. I said the Janos is a two-step process. So what we're doing right now is getting as many first doses out as possible. And then when we receive more vaccines, we can complete people's vaccine series with that second dose. When is someone infectious? Is it as soon as I have contact? Like, is there a period, so I've been asked a question, is there a period of time where I can be infectious and not know it? Not typically, not typically. And the reason why we say this is because once you've been exposed to monkeypox, there is an incubation period of one to two weeks. Usually during that time, there'll be what we call the prodromal phase where you develop those vague symptoms, headache, fatigue, maybe some weakness, you know, malaise, uh, fever. Now when that fever spikes or you develop some lymphadenopathy, I always have a hard time saying that word, inflammation of your lymph nodes, that will be the pivotal point where shortly thereafter, most people develop lesions. And that is this time when you are most contagious. And the highest viral load is within those lesions, the fluid-filled lesions. It's not in your blood. It's not in your urine, not in your stool. It's in those lesions. Um, So you'll want to keep, if this is someone, if this is you, you'll definitely want to keep those lesions covered up as much as possible. Stay home, avoid any unnecessary outings or contact or anything like that because the transmission level is so high. And because these are itchy, it's very easy for you to scratch and then touch something like a door handle. And then that become a site where other people can get infected. But people with lesions need to keep them dry and covered up. Now, I know some of them are like, oh, well, they need some air. Let them dry out from the air. Well, maybe if you're at home alone and there's no one else coming into your space, you could. But again, the higher viral load is in those lesions. You want to keep them covered up. They'll go through the phases on their own. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Now, if they leak and their dressing becomes moist, yeah, change the change the dressing. Dispose of that moist, fluid filled dressing in a very discreet way so no one else can get exposed to it. Like, if you put it, you know, throw it away. Make sure it's nowhere where like the dogs can open up the trash and dig in it. That you know, you don't have people who come through your trash looking for cans and stuff like that. You definitely want to keep this very separate and away from other people to limit any source of uh, transmission. So where are we at, guys? So what is this going to mean for us in the hospital? I mean, we're, what is this? End of summer, entering the fall. We know that COVID, Omicron infection rates are up, although the hospital, COVID positive hospital transmissions aren't necessarily as high. But do we expect another wave of COVID hospitalizations this fall? Maybe. Are we expecting monkeypox rates to go up and people to get so sick, they get hospitalized? Maybe, I don't know. And that's why it's so important that we talk about this now. Let's take a page out of the COVID book and really get to it when it talks about prevention, containing, education, outreach, and those things, and talk to people to make them aware of how to protect themselves, what they should do, early signs and symptoms, vaccines, and all those things. So hopefully we don't get to a point where the virus spreads so much that we find ourselves on the reactive end, having to treat active infections. Just be mindful that this exists, how it's spread, and perhaps that can alter your behavior enough where you are safer in the things that you do, right? Get tested. So, if you can able to get tested, go get tested. You know, okay, I got monkeypox, gotta stay home. Or, you know, I've been exposed to someone at work or at school or a daycare. Maybe I should alert the people at the daycare so they know and they can send notices to all their parents and their folks there, you know, the, the workers, the children, the family, they can all go get their vaccines. Like, there are so many ways that we can help each other out. You do not even realize the significance that one person has in this. Whether you're a healthcare provider or not, everyone can do their part in helping to keep our public healthy and to keep us safe, okay? We just gotta speak up. But part of speaking up is education, outreach, making sure that people know these services exist. We have testing, we have vaccines. I'm not gonna shame you. Come on, brother, come on, sister, I'm here to help you. I am here to help you. I stand by with you. I'm not judging. I just want to see you safe and healthy. And I want to do my job to protect the public. That is the mentality that we have. I understand that this can be scary and we don't all necessarily ideally want to have the assignments of those who are on contact precautions or any type of isolation precautions for anything, right? Whether it's COVID, influenza, MRSA, whatever it is, but You're going to gown up. You're going to wash your hands. You're going to do everything you need to do to protect yourself and protect your patients, wash your hands, right? You will. That's the same here. We're going to do the same thing. If need be, come monkeypox. And while we do have tough days at work, we get it done. We get it done. We knock it out. We do what needs to get, get done. We accomplish the mission. And the mission here is to make sure that everyone is safe. Providers, patients, and the public. So- I wanted to hop on here to kind of just give a brief synopsis about monkeypox, how we can take a page out of the COVID book to do better and be better when it comes to monkeypox and then educate you guys. I hope you all learned something out of all this about monkeypox, signs and symptoms, how it presents, how it's transmitted, how one mistake can go a long way and how we all have an important role in keeping our providers, public and patients safe. So I'm hope I'm hopeful that that started, and I, you know, we just ramped up the conversation. Don't know yet what this, you know, this fall will look like when it comes to patient load. If we'll be dealing with two viruses, monkeypox, COVID. Oh, and by the way, let me just drop this little nugget: uh, first case of polio, which polio was supposed to be eradicated, like in 1950s or something like that. Last case, we haven't seen that in a while. I know I didn't study it in school. I mean, I saw it, but I didn't really study it, study it in school because it didn't exist anymore, right? I've seen people who have survived polio, but haven't seen any active cases of polio. And the first case of polio was identified in New York State. So could there be another virus on the horizon? Listen, this is not to pump fear into you. This is to just keep you on high alert. Things are changing. Stay on your toes. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. There's so much that just even one of you, one individual can do. And it starts with us as healthcare providers staying abreast on what's happening, educating our public treating all patients equitably and fairly and with dignity and just being the best person that we can be. Shout out to nurse.org for being such a wonderful platform. They've been doing amazing things, helping nurses to you know stay in the know about things going on politically, things that impact our practice, things that impact our health, things that are happening in the profession wonderful source. If you haven't been there yet, visit nurse.org. Make sure to sign up for the newsletter so you can get all of the latest and greatest information. Um, You'll also get notifications of new podcast episodes, which by the way, make sure to share this with a friend, a colleague, a classmate, a coworker sharing is caring, especially this episode. We need to get everyone on the same page when it comes to monkeypox and let's do it in a way where we are empowering one another to do our role. I don't need to be the infection control nurse. I don't need to be the epidemiologist. I don't necessarily need a consult for monkeypox per se to do the education. Come on now. We're, we're nurses. We got this. We are so instrumental in helping to keep our patients safe. And even if you don't know all of the information, know where to go to, okay? Don't just like, oh well, I don't know. And just write off the patient. That's That's not cool. Thank you all for listening and tuning in and for all the support and love that you guys share with me um, on the podcast or social media and everywhere else. Uh, I'm Nurse Alice, guys. And until next time, please make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.